Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Four String Sports Podcast. We are continuing with our team previews. As this time we venture back into the AFC East, we're talking about the number two team, Miami Dolphins. Mike McDaniel's first year went surprisingly well, despite some serious hiccups um, with injuries. Miami finished nine and eight, made it to the wild card round of the playoffs, and with their third string quarterback playing, only lost by three points to Buffalo. Um, but taking a look at the season in review, it started out about as crazy as it could have. They beat uh, New England and then had a come-from-behind victory against Baltimore in Week 2 to to really kind of put them on the map. Followed up by beating Buffalo to start the year out 3-0. and zero. But then the Thursday night game against Cincinnati. Uh, Tua already looked like he was shaking up the week before against Buffalo. He got whipped to the ground and hit pretty hard in the game against Cincinnati that they lost. And that kicked off three consecutive losses. They got blown out by the Jets the following week lost to Minnesota, but then they turned it all around. They won five straight beating Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland before a bye week. And then coming out of that bye week beating Houston, they were eight and three in command of the division. But just as they had won five in a row, they lost five in a row, losing to San Francisco, uh, the Chargers, the Bills, the Packers, and the Patriots before closing the season with an 11 to six score win against the Jets to make it into the playoffs before that loss to Buffalo. Tua did start and play in 13 games. He went 8-5 and five as a starter, 25 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 3,500 yards. Skyler Thompson started two games for them. He went 1-for-1, one, one, uh, one touchdown, three interceptions. Teddy Bridgewater started two as well, lost both of those, but four touchdowns, four interceptions for him. Um, uh, Raheem uh, Mostert led the team uh, – sorry, Raheem Mostert led the team in rushing with 891 yards, um, also tied for the most touchdowns with Jeff Wilson. Um, but it was the receiving that really took a step forward. Tyreek Hill, 119 catches, 1,710 yards, and seven touchdowns. Um, Jalen Waddle contributed another 75 catches, 1,356 yards, and eight touchdowns. This was a team that also traded to bring in Bradley Chubb uh, right before the trade deadline. So, uh, Mitch, we'll start it off with you. What were your thoughts on Miami in 2022? Yeah, they were a very surprising year, especially in Mike McDaniel's uh, first year as uh, head coach. Um, it's it's really crazy to where we are at this point where, you know, the beginning of last season, we were talking about like, you know, this could be Tua's last year in Miami, just given everything and he's not progressing, but obviously a career year, you know, completing 65% of his passes over 3,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Um, obviously the injury concerns, especially with the concussions was very scary. Um, I feel like if he didn't have that, he would have had a better year. But it was nice to see that step forward from Tua and to show that, hey, I, I have the potential to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Um, I felt like the run game was a little bit, uh, you know, lacking. I know Green Mostert had the 891 yards, been three touchdowns. But, like, we're talking about Mike McDaniel, who was the running game coordinator with the 49ers, and we saw how effective that was in – it was just a little bit disappointing where I felt like the run game wasn't what we were expecting from a Mike McDaniel team, you know? Um, I feel like that's something that's going to have to get fixed going to the next, this next year. Cause I feel like it was a, uh, Achilles heel for them. Um, and then obviously the Hill Waddle tandem turned into one of the better pairings, both over a thousand yards and whatnot. Um, I thought the defense played pretty great for the most part. The front seven was amazing as always. It's really nice to see Jalen Phillips, uh, have the career that he's having, you know, coming out of UCLA, there was the concussions concerns, but 
for the most part, he's been healthy and he's been falling out, which you'd love to see. Um, but obviously the biggest uh, concern for this defense last year, in my opinion, was the cornerback room. Obviously you have a guy like Xavier Howard, but uh, a guy that you signed a monster contract to from the and the Cowboys and Byron Jones wasn't helping, wasn't able to, uh, you know, produce what you want him to do. And behind Xavier Howard, there really wasn't, a guy who stepped up in that quarterback room. And I think that really hurts this defense from being, you know, top 10, top five kind of potential that it has with the guys that they do have. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a, it looks like a bright future in the Mike McDaniel uh, era. Yeah. Um, I think the best compliment that can be given to Mike McDaniel in Miami is that he was like a guy that was playing Madden when it came to that offense in terms of the kinds of things that they were doing and the, the schemes that they were that they were playing with. And, you know, when you have two speedy wide receivers like Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, it's just kind of crazy. Um, I love the moves that they made in the offseason or in the, um, the kinds of things that they did in terms of, you know, bringing in uh, – uh, Bradley Chubb and making some of those moves to try to strengthen that defense. And honestly, the best testament to how this team has run is that they beat Green Bay and almost beat Buffalo with Skylar Thompson as their quarterback. They didn't beat Green Bay. They lost to Green Bay. Oh, sorry. I mean, had a competitive game against Green No, that was Tua that played that game, too. Sorry. Tua played that game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's when he got um, one of his well, concussions. That, you know, Skylar Thompson almost beats uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, and that despite throwing three interceptions, they almost beat Green Bay. Um, the one concern is the quarterback play. Um, how Miami handled Tua's injuries was concerning. And honestly, kind of a shame on the sport. If you want to go back and listen to our episodes during those weeks, we were kind of livid with Miami and what they were doing and what and what was happening. And to what Mike McDaniel said, whatever his team doctors told him, he decided to do um, but his team doctors were wrong. Um, and uh, as of all points, everything's pointing to Tua being able to come in and start week one. And for that, I think everyone should be internally grateful. Um, but that mismanagement, most likely, that almost cost a guy his career and his livelihood. Um, and we don't know the lasting effects it's going to have on him having two concussions in such quick su- succession. Um but um, in terms of what they did all on the field, it was surprising. It was good. Um, and they listened to one of my big critiques before the season started that they didn't have any wide receivers. So they got out and got went out and got Tyreek Hill. Um, and now they're in play for Jonathan Taylor. So these guys are making big moves, and we'll see if everything plans out for the next, another year. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the decision-making at quarterback, I think, definitely um, was questionable. You know, the Miami offensive line was was largely improved and kind of spearheaded by Teron Armstead there, who they brought over from New Orleans. Um, they only gave up 35 sacks, which is objectively very good in the NFL, but they were they were really costly sacks at times. Now, the other thing that really concerns me about this Miami team is that first off, bottom bottom fourth of the NFL in almost every rushing defensive statistic, that's they, they have to be better at that. Um, and then second, uh, as well as uh, forcing turnovers, only forced 14 uh, the entire year. Um, but the, the other thing is that this is a team that only went one and five against playoff teams last year, with their only win being that early week three matchup against Buffalo. And when you look at those playoff matchups against teams that ended up making the playoffs, 
their offense did struggle significantly. Now, unfortunately, some of those matchups come right after Tua's initial injury, right? You have the rest of the game against Cincinnati. You have Minnesota. He wasn't super healthy when they took on San Francisco or the Chargers. But this has now kind of become a sticking point throughout the career of Tua Tagovailoa. And while um, Tyreek Hill looked like an absolute bargain, and with what's coming out of uh, 49er camp with uh with, with Trey Lance the way this team swindled both Houston and San Francisco out of so many first round draft picks is astonishing to me um but uh, all in all first season out of Mike McDaniels I wasn't I wasn't horrendously optimistic about it um I thought they made great moves I think bringing in Bradley Chubb for what ended up equating to you know a, a very late first round pick that Denver traded anyway just to bring in Sean Payton um was absolutely huge for them. Um, and I loved the, I loved the idea of that, of that combination of Jalen Phillips and, and uh, uh, Bradley Chubb going into the future here, if everybody ends up staying healthy. Um, sorry, the fucking fly in here. Um, so uh, with that being said, let's move on to their free agent moves. Now, one of the largest ones they pulled was, was trading almost nothing to bring in Jalen Ramsey. Um, they also brought in, the artist formerly known as uh, uh, Robbie Anderson at wide receiver. Um, they did lose uh, Mike Kosecki and Teddy Bridgewater. They brought in um, some other moves across the board, just signed Eli Apple um, as well. So Mitch, taking a look at their free agent gains and losses, what are your thoughts? What stands out to you? Yeah, so just starting with their losses, uh, you know, obviously the Byron Jones letting him go is, you know, uh, is really in effect because they bring in Jalen Ramsey. Even though he's hurt, he should be good by playoff time, which is you know when they really want him. So I feel like that's not an issue at all. I'm kind of sad about the Mike Gusecki. You know, I've been a huge fan of him, and I just feel like uh, you know it's really disappointing Mike McDaniel wasn't able to find a suitable way to use his talents because you know when he's used properly as a receiver, you know pair that with Tyreek Hill, Jen Walla, I think that's very deadly, but. Otherwise, I feel like they haven't didn't lose much. I think the Mike White signing is very underrated. I think he can be a very solid quarterback for Tua. So, if there's an injury to occur again, I feel like they're in better hands with Mike White than Skylar Thompson. Um, but the pick that, well, that's Skylar Thompson. I know they're winning Super Bowls with that guy. Um, but the guy that I do like the most is David Long. Uh, Last year, he had 86 tackles, two picks, five pass records, with six pressures. Um, I feel like he's a really great linebacker and can really add to this defense. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he can do um, in, in Miami. All righty. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, Skyler. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Skyler. Good. Um, for me, it's definitely um, – In terms of losses, the one that really strikes me, um, or it just it, it makes me wonder, is you lost both Brandon Shell and Greg Little, who you haven't resigned. And again, I don't think they're the best tackles, but they were your right tackle and left tackle for a good chunk of snaps last year. Um, and so having to replace both of those guys for a quarterback that needs protection as much as possible, I think, is a little concerning. Um. And the other thing I'll have I, I, I want to point out is the Melvin Ingram and like Mitch point out brought up the Byron Jones 
both of them leaving. Um, it looks like both those signings didn't really work out for you. Uh, when Byron Jones first went to there, we thought it was like a great, great pickup. Um, it was gonna do. They he was gonna do great things for the team. Melvin Ingram kind of um similar. Um, that is concerning. Is that that was a lot of money that you put on both of those players that didn't end up working. I will say getting Isaiah Wynn from the Patriots to replace um Greg Little or uh Brandon Shell at right tackle should work out well for you if he can stay healthy. Uh getting Jalen Ramsey is gonna be great. Um again, that injury bug's a little bit bad. And I think it's Deshaun Elliott should play some serviceable minutes in the back end for them. Um I agree with what they did with um Mike White getting another backup there is great. And then replacing Thomas Moore said with Jake Belly um at Penner, I think is is a is an upgrade, but you you know it might be my own personal bias, um, but not a ton of huge moves and not a ton of huge uh, losses besides the Jalen Ramsey pickup, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, the, it was always sort of known, like you basically flipped Byron Jones into Jalen Ramsey at the cost of about $4 million extra dollars and I think like a third round pick. All in all, that's a huge improvement. And yeah, if he's not 100% healthy, uh, for the majority of this regular season, they expect him to be good by playoff time. That's why you brought in a guy like Eli Apple. Um, I agree with Skyler, the loss of tackles and Little and Shell. Um, Shell, who played 72% of snaps last year, last year for you, um, I think has the opportunity to be pretty big for you. But I, I do like them bringing in guys like David Long Jr. I agree with Mitch bringing in Mike White was big. Um, I'm actually pretty excited about what Braxton Berrios may be able to do in this offense um, and, and what he kind of looks like there. But it's that tight end position that's really confusing to me because it's like everywhere the Shanahan's like everywhere Kyle Shanahan has gone, the tight end position has been a a real focal point. And maybe it's just like Shanahan has such a generational talent, George Kittle, but you know, Miami spent a, I believe a first round pick on Mike Gusecki and to, um, to just let him walk for pennies on the dollar a dude who finished third in touchdowns for you last year um, because you couldn't find a way to make him work in a system where tight ends have been very effective. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. Now, you know, I I think the two best moves Miami made one in season, you know, were, were the trades Jalen Ramsey and, and uh, uh, Bradley Chubb, I think absolutely huge moves for them. Very excited for what this defense is going to look like. Uh, in the future going forward here. And and what is crazy is like, you know, Jan Ramsey's not even 30 years old. Like he's, he's still got, if he comes back from this injury, he's still got a good amount left in his tank. Um, So with that being said, let's move on to Miami's draft class. Very small draft class here, but again, we sort of have to color this. They had two first round picks. They lost one for tampering. They traded the other one away for Bradley Chubb. They had two uh, third round picks one of which they traded for Jalen Ramsey. So they ended up with only four total picks where they took in the second round, Cam Smith, the corner out of South Carolina. In the third round, they took Devin Akane, running back out of uh, Texas A&M. In the sixth round, they took Elijah Wilkins, uh, wide receiver, tight end type out of Stanford. And in the seventh round, they took Ryan Haynes, tackle out of the University of Michigan. So Mitch, limited draft class there, but obviously colored by what they traded for the veterans they brought in. So how would you grade Miami's overall draft class? I think this is probably going to be my lowest uh, draft grade so far. I'm going to go with the D plus. I, I mean, the last two guys, you know, 
they're really non-factors to me. Cam Smith, I think, is interesting. Um, I know there was a lot of talk at the time when the pick was made. Uh, if they chose the right guy from South Carolina, since I know a lot of evaluators were a lot or more high on Darius Rush. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see if they took the right guy in that. But uh, the only pick that makes it a positive for me is Devin Machain from Texas A&M. Um, we're kind of seeing it already win the preseason before he got hurt. But at Texas A&M last year, he had almost 1,300 scrimmage yards, 11 touchdowns. You know, you can use him at, at a multitude of ways. Uh, if he's able to get help back healthy quick, I feel like he could be, uh, you know, the running back that could make Mike McDaniels uh, – running game more effective. Get it? Yeah. Um, I won't go with like a D. I'll, I'll, I mean, knowing that they've used those picks on a lot of players that now are on the team that should do well, uh, I'll go with a, a C, C minus. Um, Cause I think that Cam Smith, um, he really, dropped a lot in his draft grade like right before that pre-draft so there was a lot of talk of him being you know uh a first round pick um in terms of what he was doing um but i think that adding him with Jalen ramsey and Xavier howard and uh, eli apple now on the team i think really works with Vic fangio's defense i think the kind of style that he likes to play is really good um i think that devin Ockney is one of the fastest players that we've seen in a long time, uh, 432 speed. Um, he had a ton of break. Like he was with a struggling Aggie offense. He was something that really helped move them along. Um, Higgins is that same thing. It's, it's a lot of speed. Again, six foot three, 239, ran a four, five on tight end. That's pretty good in terms of, of that size as a tight end um, in terms of how he's moving and tight ends aren't as the fastest position. I think he probably would actually work out better as like a wide receiver in terms of his size and what he's doing. But the, the my, well, one concern for him is that he was not the best at contested catches. Um, and for the last pick, it's just kind of, you need offensive linemen. You go with Michigan, it's a safe bet. So C minus. Ish. They're not the best picks in the world, but when you have Jalen Ramsey and Tyreek Hill and some of these guys on your team, it really works out for them. Um, so C minus. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm also gonna go with a C minus. Here's the thing: is that for all of the benefits of having you know Jalen Ramsey and Bradley Chubb that that push this draft in the positive direction, if this had just been a team that you know followed league rules, would have had a very good you know a top twenty five first round pick that they could have really used to pump this team up. You know, if this was a Miami draft class that had a, a Dalton Kincaid or uh, had gone into the tight end position uh, with, an, with a, an early pick there, um, I think this draft grade would have been a lot higher. But I do like bringing in Cam Smith. He had like four interceptions and 16 pass deflections his last couple of seasons. Um, <clears throat> I think he's fast as hell. Um, and I think he just provides corner depth for you, which is a really key thing while you kind of wait for Jalen to come back. So, so yeah, you know, other than that, Devin Kane, I, I really like the pick, but, you know, I worry about where in the lineup he's going to fit in with Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. kind of already ahead of him. I'm worried about how much time he's going to get. Um, so part of it, and this is always the breedy shade of things where it's like, 
yeah, it's great that you traded a first and a third round pick uh, for Jalen Ramsey and Bradley Chubb. That's fantastic. But I just look at this class and I go, man, I would love to see some more O-line depth. I would love to see some more wide receiver depth. I would love to see, um, you know, some more, uh, especially defensive tackle depth um, for their system there. But yeah, I mean, all in all, a C minus that that draft grade could definitely go up if Bradley Chubb has a fantastic season for them. Um, and if Jalen Ramsey ends up coming back ahead of time or or they make a, a good playoff push because of it, that that draft grade in retrospect will obviously go up. But I, I sort of have to grade it as it stands right now. So, yeah, I go C minus D plus, you know, right at that like sixty nine and a half percent, something like that. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, so uh, let's move on to our season prediction for Miami nine and eight last year. And the Dolphins are going to kick the season off on the road at the Chargers, Tua versus Justin Herbert. And they're going to follow it up with a road trip to New England after that before coming home against Denver at Buffalo, home against the Giants and Panthers before going to Philadelphia and closing their series against uh, New England at home. They follow that up with Tyreek Hill's return to Arrowhead as they take on the Chiefs before a bye week, come out of their bye home against the Dolphins at the Jets at Washington, home against Tennessee and uh, the Jets the next week uh, at home. Uh, against Dallas before closing the season at Baltimore and finishing off at home against Buffalo nine and eight last year made the playoffs um, questions sort of across the board, namely with quarterback health there. But Mitch, how do you have Miami finishing in 2023? I think Miami is going to take another step forward and I have been going 12 and five winning the <laughs> AFC East and taking the third seed in the AFC. Um, just kind of looking at the roster first, uh, you know, obviously there's the, I feel like they did a good job of addressing some concerns, you know, the two of the thing, the health, we already know about that. I've already talked about, you know, Mike White being really great insurance for them. Um, you know, Jalen Wall, Tyreek Hill, it's going to be a very nice pairing. And they brought in a guy like Braxton Berrios, a slot guy who also, as we know, is capable of being a pro bowl, all pro kind of return. So just even more, uh, you know, value for the special teams. Um, you know, there's concerns with the offensive line, and I, I'm not going to say otherwise, but I feel like with uh, them having another, you know, offseason under their belt together, getting more, you know, chemistry and whatnot, and uh, like Skyler pointed out, you know, bringing a guy like Isaiah Wynn, who is versatile, and if there's a guy struggling, he can come in in a pinch. So I feel better about that, the tight end position. I agree with Brady. Brady, it's kind of interesting how there seems to be a devaluation with it being a Kyle Shanahan system, but we'll see how it turns out. And I'm just really high on this defense, even with Jalen Ramsey out, uh, you know, getting a full season of Bradley Chubb to pair with Jalen Phillips is going to be very deadly. You talk about how David Long to pair with Jerome Baker is going to be a nice pairing. The defense's line is stout. Um, I really like the safety pairing of Javon Holland and Brandon Jones. Um, and I feel like between Cam Smith and some other guys, I feel like they can hold it down until Jalen Ramsey comes back and, puts his defense on another notch. So that's how I see their uh, season going. I'd like to say before we recorded this, I called him going, he had him going 12 and five and he said he was the highest. Um, but uh, I have him going 10 and seven game better. Um, that's good enough for sixth place um, wild card. The only reason they're ahead of the Jets is just kind of divisional, how it works out. Um, uh I think that they have the ability to to be good, but my I have concerns. Like I think their defense is going to take a step up. I think that their offenses continue to be crazy. Is still going to be 
awesome under the crazy man that is Mike McDaniels um, and what he's able to scheme up. Um, I will say the kind of concerns about the tight end position with the devalue, Kyle Shanahan also loves to use a fullback in Kyle Juszczyk, and I don't know of any of his disciples that do that. He's a fullback. Well, I mean, Miami has a fullback on roster, Alec Ingold, and they did use him a good amount last year, but, but, not, but not not as much as, as Shanahan does. Yeah, with Juszczyk. So I think it's more of kind of he is he is a Kyle Shanahan disciple, but does his own kind of thing in terms of run game and, and what he likes to draw up. And I think the strength of this team does lie in the wide receivers. Um, I go 10 and 7 because I'm sure Tua is not going to play a full season. And that offensive line is still a little concerning to me at the tackle position, but I think they're going to be overall okay. So 10 and 7. I'm splitting the difference on you boys. I have them going 11 and 6. That's good enough for the five seed for me um, in the AFC there. Um, you know, when I look at it, I go Miami's biggest weakness, in my opinion, is that tight end and and to a certain degree, not as much as a lot of other teams we talked about, but to a certain degree, that offensive line. And when I look at the schedule, I just don't see a ton of weeks where teams are going to be able to take advantage of that. Um, you know, week one against the Chargers, the possibility of a fully healthy Bosa and a fully healthy Mac that 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 could be game wrecking. But, you know, New England has some good pass rushers, but but Denver not so much. Buffalo is a little bit remain to be seen in terms of pass rushers. The Giants really only have Kayvon Thibodeau. The Eagles is going to be a tough one. You know, Kansas City, who even knows what's going on with um Jones. with Jones right now. And then that back half of the schedule, there's really not like a premium amount of pass rushers. I mean, it, you know, on paper, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, but they weren't great last year. On paper, Chase Young on paper, um, uh, Micah Par- you know, Michael Parson, that Dallas defense, which which is probably going to be tough for them. But all in all, there's not a lot of games in which like they're facing these these premier pass rushers that I think are really going to take advantage of it. And when I look at at what other teams on uh, 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 on um, offense could do against Miami, I I again don't see a lot of teams that have this like really necessary mix of great quarterback play and very good wide receiver play to get over what Miami's pass rush is going to bring at them. And I don't see a lot of teams who have exceptionally fantastic offensive lines. Um, I think Miami will probably go about four and two in division. Um, I think they'll probably split the series with Buffalo. I think they'll split the series with the jets. I, I do unfortunately think that they're going to sweep the Patriots there. Um, in my opinion, they should just sort of on paper. Um, but uh, just to bring up again, the one thing that I look at Miami and I do worry about was, uh, well, two things, I guess, is that first off one in five against playoff teams last year and one in four or one in three when Tua wasn't your starting quarterback. So it's all going to come down to Tua Tonga-Vailoa's health. That's going to be my one key factor. It's going to make or break Miami season. Mitch, what about you? One key factor. It's going to make or break the season for the Miami Dolphins. I kind of talked about it before, but I think it's going to be the running game. Last year, they were 25th in rushing yards, and they uh, averaged as a team uh, 4.3 yards per carry. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's really concerning. They need to step it up, uh, whether it's getting Jonathan Taylor. That's looking less likely now. But for any guy like Devin Achan, like I, I thought, um, like I talked about, you know, has a lot of potential, especially multiple multiple facets. Um, Raheem Mostert, maybe he can get – you know, he had a solid season, but maybe he can get back to that 2019 form um, when he was running all over the Packers. Um, but, <laughs> I, but I feel like if they're able to get a running game 
going to, you know, what we expect out of a Mike McDaniels running, you know, system, I feel like it takes a lot of pressure off of Tua and he won't be put in as many situations where he could get hurt and allows him to be healthier. Um, and I think it helps out the offense or the offensive line. So if they're able to get a running game going, I, I feel like a lot of concerns we have for the offense are gone and it just makes them a better team and more likely to finish out how I think. But obviously if they can't get that running game going, then there's going to be a lot of passing. And then obviously you put two in harm's way. Yeah. How about you? Person, right? Yeah. Yeah. One key factor or yeah. Oh, oh so, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's O-line. So kind of building on that. So your O-line play improves. You have a better running game. Is that what you said, Mitch? I said the running back room. Just running back room. Okay, so Mm O-line, you have a better running game. You're able to protect Tua much better. You're able to go on longer sustained drives. O-line playing improves. Everybody's happy. Um, I I fold that up with Vic Fangio just in terms of, like, his impact on that defense because he can do some, you know, 2018 Chicago Bears stuff. Watch out. All righty. Um, so we'll hop over to one big prediction. Um, here we go with mine. The Both person, Brady? Yeah, I said to his health. I said the one oh, key factor okay. is going to be to his health uh, when it ultimately that. comes down to it. Um, so heading over to um, uh, a big prediction here, uh, I'm going to say both Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb have 10, pla- 10 plus sacks this upcoming season. Um, I don't think that's overall crazy. Bradley Chubb has – kind of taken a step back a little bit since his injury a couple of years ago, but I'm excited to see him play in a system where he's not expected to be the number one guy. You know, he was at his best when he got to line up with Von Miller across from him. Um, I don't think Jalen Phillips is at a Von Miller, Von Miller level yet, but he's definitely a very good pass rusher for them. So yeah, I'll say Phillips and, uh, and uh, 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 Chubb both have 10 plus sacks. Mitch, what about you? Yeah, so I know how you guys uh, reacted to my, you know, record prediction. So uh, even with that said, I think you guys might think it's a little bit spicier, but I think uh, Tua is able to play 15 games this year. 15? Uh, yeah, 15 games. I think he's going to start in. Like I said 15 before, games? 15. <laughs> uh, but like I was talking about before with uh, my uh, make or break uh, person or position, if they're able to get that run game going, you know, if Tua is in, in those passing situations a lot um so i feel like they're gonna be able to find a way to get that done like i said you know jonathan taylor or or figuring it out internally but yeah i think with what they have around him he can get to that 15 game mark guy what about you this is to his last season in miami Ooh. yeah um i think between his health i think between um i think his health is just a major factor um, I think that if he gets hit at all, every time this guy gets hit, people are going to be holding their breath. Um, and the the toll that that takes on a player, I know Tua is a person that wants to win and he wants to play hard, but sadly his head is made of uh, aluminum um, and he just can't take hits. And every time you get a concussion, the likelihood of you getting another concussion is just higher. Um, and so I think, I think this is his last year for better or for worse. Um, I don't think that there's an extension. I don't think that I, I, I think it's just as likely he's, his career's done just in general. Um, 
between his head, his ankle, um, the injuries that he sustained in the short career he's played. Um, I, I honestly think it's a health issue more than anything. And I think that Miami will have will move on from him just because it becomes a risk for them as a business more than just um like his health becomes a risk for them trying to move forward. And so whether or not they bring they draft a rookie or they go after a free agent quarterback or make a trade, um, I think that that is, that is going to end Tua's time in Miami. Yeah, didn't he like break his hips like his senior year at Alabama? Yeah, he he hurt his hip. Um, his senior year, he hurt his ankle like his first or second season in the NFL. He's fucked up his ribs a bunch. Yeah, his con- and now his concussions. Yeah. Um, well, alrighty, folks, that's our Miami Dolphins uh, preview. We're going to bring it back next time and talk about the Chargers here. Email us your thoughts on the Dolphins uh, this last season or what you think you're going to do this upcoming season. You can send that to fourthstringsp at gmail.com, um, F-O-U-R-T-H string S-P at gmail.com. Um, uh, follow us on, on Spotify, on Twitter, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, yeah, and email us your guys' thoughts. We appreciate you for tuning in. Have a fantastic night, everybody.